This is Carlin Borisenko, and you are listening to the Actively Unwoke podcast. Hey, listen, I'm sorry that you haven't had an episode from me lately. The reason is a lot less exciting than you might think. It's just because the software that I use to record these podcasts wasn't working for some reason, and I needed tech support to uh, jump in and help me out. But now I have a whole backlog of podcasts that I need to record and post now that the problem is fixed. And so I'm really excited to do that. I'm also working on setting up an archive of all of my podcasts over on activelyunwoke.com, which is going to be a big hub for all sorts of resources that you can use to fight back against the woke insanity in your life. It is also the place that you can pick up your copy of my book, Actively Unwoke, The Ultimate Guide for Fighting Back Against the Woke Insanity. It is available in hardcover, it is available in Kindle, and it is even available on Audible in an audio version. And I definitely recommend you check it out. I've been getting, I was a little nervous to read the audio version of my book, but people seem to enjoy it. And so I hope you'll check it out and listen to a sample of it and get your copy whenever is convenient for you. All right. Right now, I want to talk about what is probably one of my biggest pet peeves with how critical race theory is discussed, particularly on the political right. Now, I don't care what your politics are. I really don't care whether you are on the left, maybe you're a Democrat, maybe you're a progressive. I don't know why you would be listening to this podcast if you were, but you know what? Every once in a while, we get some disaffected Democrats and lefties that come in and being that I spent 20 years on the left and as a part of the Democratic Party, I completely understand that. And welcome if you're from the political left. I promise I won't shoo you away. I don't care if you are a conservative or a Republican or a Trump supporter or any of those things. I happen to be a libertarian, so I kind of look at both sides. And I think that both sides generally act pretty crazy and that my goal is to create a world in which people can live however they want to live as long as they're not forcing anyone else to do anything. But I want to just, I, I, need to, I need to do this. I need to take the political right to task. I really do. And those of you who have seen my Twitter in the past, you know, year and a half or so, probably this will not be any surprise to you. But if you haven't, here is my biggest pet peeve with the political right. They're using the woke ideology and critical race theory and now definitely getting into the stuff with grooming and the trans ideology and stuff like that. They're using it in order to rile up their base and to make money, and they are not at all interested in solving the problem. They are only interested in exploiting the problem for views and likes and clicks and subscribers and shares and retweets. And the reason that I know that for absolute sure is that they do not even describe the problem correctly to their audiences. Now, if you are a person that is coming from the political right, this might be a surprise to you. You might think, well, I, I've seen all sorts of things about critical race theory or, or grooming on Fox News or Newsmax or or my, my favorite conservative commentators are talking about it all the time. Of course, I know what they're talking what, what it is. I mean, they're telling us what it is, right? No, no, they aren't. Listen, my entry point into this ideology is that about two and a half years ago, I started watching a lot of woke workplace trainings. I'm an organizational psychologist. And so what I wanted to see was how is diversity training actually being executed in the professional world? And we're very lucky in that we have 
mountains of these videos that exist on YouTube and other places on the internet. They post what they're doing on the internet. It's available for everyone to see if, if you only you start looking for it. And so about two and a half years ago, I started watching a lot of woke workplace trainings to try to understand how this ideology had infiltrated my industry and how it was actually being taught in the workplace. From there, I kind of graduated to watching a lot of university lectures on this ideology. How do they actually teach it to, to students, adult students in this case, in a university setting? From there, I graduated to learning about how they're teaching it in public education, in K through 12 public education. Uh, it started in high school, but they've gotten younger and younger and younger. I've watched a lot of trainings, teacher trainings. Actually, just yesterday, I watched yet another teacher training for elementary school teachers. So teacher trainers teaching elementary school teachers how to infuse equity and activism and social justice into elementary school classes. So what I'm trying to articulate is the perspective that I bring to this is purely by, I'm pretty sure that I am the person that has watched more practical woke training across a variety of industry than any other person on the planet. I would actually, I, I, I definitely rank in the top five, but I'm pretty sure I've actually watched more of this stuff than any other person on the planet. James Lindsay has read more of the philosophy and the literature. I've actually watched the trainings. And based on that alone, I can tell you that when you are listening to conservative media, they are not telling the truth about what these trainings teach. I'll give you an example that I saw just 15 minutes before I sat down to record this podcast. This is a tweet from PragerU and it says CRT holds that your only defining characteristic is your race, not your behavior, not your values, not your character. Now on the face of it, that might seem to be a correct statement. Of course, critical race theory does focus on race. And of course it does perpetuate stereotypes about individuals based on race. The pr primary one I can think of is that it is extremely common in these woke trainings to hear white progressive women say something to the effect of all black people are poor, which of course is provably not true. Not all black people are poor any more than not all white people are rich. And so I absolutely understand why PragerU is positioning CRT like this. But the fact of the matter is, that's not the main point. It's simply not. Critical race theory is not about race. Critical race theory is about power. That's it. It is only about attaining more power. Now you might say, Carlin, it has race in the title. How could it possibly not be about race? Well, the race part in the title is merely enumerating the tool that they are using to divide people or to outrage people or to rile people up in order to attain more political power. That's it. There are a lot of different types of critical theory. If you've read the book uh, Cynical Theories by James Lindsay and Helen Pluckrose, that is an excellent resource, although 
slightly dense for my taste. They actually came out with a young adult version of that book that is a little bit more readable, but, but both are fine. And I definitely recommend that if you're into this area, please check this out. That's Cynical Theories by James Lindsay and Helen Pluckrose. And that talks about all of the different types of critical theory that exists. So we have critical race theory, of course, is the most well-known, but there's also critical gender theory. There's critical queer theory. There's critical disability theory or, uh, or disability studies, critical fat theory or fat studies. There are all sorts of different types of critical theory. The type of critical theory, whether that be race or gender or trans or queer or disability or fat or what have you, they'll probably make up at least 50 more of these things before they're done. When we're looking at the focal point of what the type of critical theory is, that is the weapon that they are using to divide people in order to attain more power. Okay, so when we're talking about critical race theory, we're talking about critical theory, which is a fundamentally Marxist idea. It is what is driving the woke cultural revolution in our country. And they are using race as the thing, as the tool in their toolbox, kind of like a hammer or a screwdriver or a saw or a drill. Race is the singular tool within critical race theory that they are using in order to gain more power. And race just happens to be the most effective one that they have at the moment. It's the reason that we hear about critical race theory so much is, is not just because it has been driven into the forefront by people like Christopher Rufo, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for the work that man has done. He, what he has done is, is miraculous. It's not just because of him. It's also because the left finds race to be their more effective tool at gaining more power. It's why they call every single person who disagrees with them a racist. Because when you call someone a racist and you make that person bend the knee because they're afraid of being called a racist, you gain power over that person. But the left has no interest in fixing racism. Racism is quite literally their god. They worship racism. They look for racism in everything. One of the key defining characteristics of critical race theory that PragerU is not telling you about in that two-sentence tweet is that critical race theory is an ideology that literally says that racism exists everywhere, in every person, in every interaction, in every institution. They believe that racism exists everywhere. If these people solved racism then they wouldn't have anything to fight anymore. They would very literally be killing off their own god. So critical race theory is not about solving the problem of racism. It is only about using race in order to gain more political power. And the same is true with every other type of critical theory that we're talking about. If we're talking about, you know, what's going on in the schools now with, in terms of grooming, and I'm not even sure I'm allowed to say that on a podcast anymore. James Lindsay just got banned off Twitter yesterday for saying it. But if we're talking about the trans ideology that's going on in schools, critical gender theory, then they're using gender as the weapon, okay? There is a reason that they are infusing the trans ideology into schools starting when kids are really, really young. They are using it as a weapon in order to indoctrinate your children so that they can create more activists so that they can gain more political power. You get kids when they're young, 
If you get a hold of a kid when they're young, before they're eight years old, whatever you teach that kid is cemented in their brain for pretty much the rest of their life. And it's really hard to undo it. It takes a lot of proactive effort. So they're trying to infuse this into school when kids are very young. That's why they're teaching social emotional learning and things about sex and things about gender identity in kindergarten, first grade, second grade. They're trying to get them when they're really young because that's how they create more activists long term and that's how they get more political power. Same thing with critical fat studies, which is probably the weirdest of all critical studies. And fun fact, one of the things that I've learned from kind of delving into the world of fat studies is that pretty much every fat studies professor at universities, and yes, there are fat studies professors at universities that you pay money to send your kids to. Pretty much every fat studies professor at a university is also an amateur porn star. Don't click on the links. If you're if you are going to go and investigate this area, trust me when I tell you, do not click on the links. They're going to take you places you don't want to go. But aside from that, it is not about creating more acceptance for different body types. When they are pushing the fat studies stuff about body acceptance, things like that, you can be healthy at any size. What they're doing is again, they're using fatness to try to gain more political power when they're pushing stuff about disability studies and different mental health problems and they're bragging about their mental health problems they're bragging about the fact that they have anxiety depression ADHD what have you and they do brag about these things by the way anytime you see someone with what their mental illnesses are in their Twitter profile or in bios that they're using online that means that that person has internalized that as one of their core defining traits. So when they're talking about these things, they are using it to try to shame you so that they can gain more political power and so on and so forth. And we really have to start thinking about it in this sense. It is not about race. It is not about gender identity. It is not about sexual orientation. It is not about how big you are. It is not about whatever disabilities or mental disorders you have. It is not about any of those things. They don't care about solving for any of those problems. They don't care about making the world a more fair and just place for any of those people. All they want to do is to exploit those problems in order to gain more political power. That's it. Anytime you hear critical theory anything, you have to remind yourself that they are only using that issue, the issue of race, the issue of gender, the issue of sexual orientation, the issue of body size, the issue of mental health. They are only using that issue as a tool in order to gain more political power. So what do they really want? Well, let me tell you. And again, this is based off of watching thousands of hours of their real-world trainings in work environments, at universities, in their podcasts, on their YouTubes, in the classrooms, in their trainings. I sometimes infiltrate their private trainings just to see what they're saying when they think no one else is going to be looking, even the stuff they don't put on YouTube. I've watched thousands of hours of this stuff. And based on that highly practical experience, 
I can only come to the conclusion that their goals are the following four and there is an order of progression in these things. We've already been hitting on the first one in this podcast. Their primary goal right now is to gain more political power. Gain as much political power as they can. And by the way, that's not just about getting elected to political positions. There are all sorts of ways that you can gain power. One of the ways that the woke have gained power is that they've infiltrated every major institution in the country. They've gotten themselves up into leadership positions in those institutions. They've gotten themselves up into training positions. They've gotten themselves up into teaching positions. They've gotten themselves into positions that are not elected. It's not something people go in and vote for. But they are positions where they can exert power and authority over to other people. So when I say gaining political power, I don't just mean getting elected to office, although they're absolutely working on that too. The far more nefarious way they're gaining power is by infiltrating every major institution and getting themselves into leadership positions so that they can control those institutions. This is how the universities got taken over. This is why 95% of people who work for universities are on the political left. Because they took over the universities, they got rid of anyone who who disagreed with them, and they made sure they shored up their political power within those institutions. So that is their number one goal. The number one goal the woke have is to attain power over other people because these people at their core are authoritarian. They want to be able to control the lives and the thoughts and the actions and the behaviors of other people. So in order to do that, they have to gain as much power as possible. When they gain that power, they move on to step number two, which is they proactively try to destabilize the system. This is where they're proactively causing dissension and disagreement and outrage among the general populace. They use the media for this. They use journalists for this. They use entertainment for this. They use universities for this. Anytime you see someone pushing woke leftist talking points, they are very literally doing that because they've, number one, attained the political power to do so, and number two, are now using that political power to destabilize the system. But why do they want to destabilize the system, you might ask? Well, here's reason number three. Here's goal number three that they have. When they are destabilizing the system... They are most often attacking capitalism. White people are not the biggest enemy of the woke left. The woke left love white people who agree with them. And most of the academics who push critical race theory, they're white. Do you really think that bougie white academics are going to be pushing an ideology that's going to take them out of power? That makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. Their biggest enemy is not white people. Their biggest enemy is capitalism. And I say this because in almost every single one of their trainings that I watch, almost every single one, and it doesn't even matter the topic, it could be in the workplace, it could be about teaching five-year-olds in schools, 
in every single one of the trainings that I watch, well, not every single one, but probably over 90%, the, the vast majority, the vast majority, they mention capitalism as being something that they want to undo. They mention it specifically by name. They mention that capitalism is the specific problem that is causing all of this. That is the biggest enemy of the woke left. Not white people, capitalism. And that leads us to their last goal, number four. Once they gain as much political power as possible and destabilize the system and attack capitalism, then they're going to try to usher in their little Marxist utopia. This is why we need to look at what's going on as a literal cultural revolution that we are in right now. We are in a woke cultural revolution, just like what happened in China. We are in the midst of it right now. So let me repeat their goals. Number one, gain as much political power as possible. Number two, destabilize the system. Number three, attack capitalism. Number four, usher in their Marxist utopia. Those are their goals. It is not about race. It is not about justice. It is not about fairness. It is not about equality. It is not about making the world a better place. The only goals that they have are gain as much political power as possible so they can destabilize the system, so they can attack capitalism, so they can use all of that to usher in their little Marxist utopia as the ultimate solution for all of our problems. That's what we're talking about, folks. We have got to stop listening to the conservative media who continue to tell you that this is about race. It is not about race. It is not about race at all. And every single time conservative media tells you it's about race, they are lying to you because conservative media, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? I've been, I've been in this game for two and a half years. Okay, I haven't been in it the longest, but I've been deep in it for two and a half years. The first year and a half that I was fighting back against the woke left, it, pretty much everyone was on the same page. And we were all just trying to expose as much as possible and we were all just trying to get information out there. And it was kind of like a free-for-all. But something funny happened about a year ago. And it happened to coincide with when Joe Biden took the White House. The conservative media started treating the problem of the woke ideology, the woke left ideology, and the problem of critical race theory underneath the woke left ideology, of course. The conservative media started treating it like a business. They treat it like a business. I really want people to hear this and I want people to understand this. The conservative media are not trying to solve the problem of the woke ideology. They are only trying to exploit it to make money. They're only trying to exploit it to make money. They aren't solving the problem. They aren't even correctly articulating the problem to their audience. And every time someone tries to help them correctly articulate the problem to their audience, they're, they're ignored or they're canceled or something else happens. That's the truth. I know people on the political right might not like to hear that, but that is the truth. If you are making money off of something, you have a disincentive to solve the problem. 
and conservative media are making an awful lot of money riling up their audiences and telling them this is about white genocide this is about getting rid of all white people no it's not critical race theory is racist against everyone it is just as racist against black people to tell black people that they can't succeed in the world unless white people allow them to as it is to tell white people that you are an oppressor because of the skin color you were born with both of those things are racist both of those things are equally racist both of those things are bad. There is not one form of racism that is better or worse than any other form of racism. All racism is bad and all racism is wrong. But conservative media likes to hit on the impact of white people over everything else and they ignore everything else because they know it's what riles up their audience and they know when their audience are riled up, they make more money. Just like Trump was the best friend that the media, the news media, ever had because he made them a lot of money. Trump made the news media a lot of money. Look what's happening to CNN now. CNN Plus went out of business within 30 days of launching because they didn't have Trump anymore to make money. Sometimes the things that the media claims are, well, I'll use one of their words, problematic. Sometimes the things that the media claim are problematic are really just the thing that they're using to lure you in, piss you off, so that they can count on your viewership and they can count on you sharing their content and they can make more money. But there are those of us in the world who are actually committed to solving the problem. And we need, in order to solve the problem, we need to understand what the problem is. The problem is not that white people are being attacked and abused. That is not the problem. The problem is that the woke left ideology is using things like it is, is exploiting our better impulses to want everyone to be treated fairly. They're exploiting our better impulses to want everyone to be treated fairly regardless of their race or their gender or their sexual orientation or their gender identity. And they're doing it to gain as much political power as possible so they can destabilize the system, so they can attack capitalism, so they can usher in their Marxist utopia. Critical race theory isn't about race. It is only and exclusively about power. And that is how we need to start thinking about it. All right, folks, that's all I have with this episode. Like I said at the beginning, there's going to be a lot more coming very quickly because I've now gotten my recording ability back for my podcast. So please make sure you are subscribed on YouTube. Actually, I post all of these podcasts on my second YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash actively unwoke. You can also subscribe on all major podcasting platforms, whether that be Apple or Spotify or Google or wherever really you get your podcasts. I'm almost everywhere at this point. You can also head over to ActivelyUnwoke.com. I'm working on getting the podcast archive up on there as we speak. Literally, it is my next thing that I'm going to do after I finish recording this podcast. But I hope you stick around and we can actually assess the problem and then we can learn how to fight back. All right, guys, take care and we'll see you soon.